0: hello hello hi daisies you are listening to the mother days i'm Teresa
1: Palmer, and i am sarah wright olson hi daisies i love that i i can't start one of these without saying hello hello hello
0: hello, <laughs> and, always like, hello, hello. and you do it in the cutest voice <laughs> ever
1: hello hello oh you're sweet um Guys, we're so pumped to be doing this solo episode today. We sent out a message to all of you and said, what are the topics that you want us to talk about? And um, something that kept coming up were dynamics and relationships. So today we're going to have a discussion about relationships, about how to keep things spicy, um, sex-wise after having children, um, how to share the parenting load, divvying up roles, issues with money, finding balance feeling touched out. We can both mm-hmm. speak to that with all of our <laughs> breastfeeding journeys.
0: <laughs> um, so let's jump right in. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? As with all cars, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. <laughs> Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, so where should we start? Let's dive in, Tez. Um, Start us off here. Let's go into relationships. Let's go back to, Mm -hmm. maybe we go back to like... That time when we're pregnant with our first, and then we have baby, and you have a brand new baby and you're in postpartum, and you're navigating new motherhood and relationships
0: yeah i I think I felt a bit of a shift myself mm-hmm. the moment I was pregnant, yeah, so not even when the baby arrived. I f- feel like there was a huge pivot from like us and together and we're building this life and getting pregnant. And Mark and I have an interesting story in that we were together um, and pregnant very rapidly. (laughs) So we didn't actually have a lot of couple time before Mm. we did get pregnant. I realized he was my home and I always wanted to have babies at such a young age. So and Mark had a child already and he was very ready to jump back into fatherhood. So I um, ended up pregnant, I'd say within eight months and immediately my focus shifted onto this baby and growing this baby. And I was so Mm. obsessed with reading books and learning things and So I'm sure if you ask Mark, he probably felt the shift, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the focus just sort of turn over into baby world Um, and it became my everything. And then, of course, when Mr. Bodieman arrived, there was such an anticipation. I also think because I was one of the first in my friendship groups to have a baby Everyone was focused on this little guy. And I was 27 and just new mummy. And um, and whilst Mark was there, I and and was amazing and such a beautiful, wonderful support to me. I um certainly had this almost tunnel vision yeah. with me and Bodhi and mm. it was about us and establishing a breastfeeding routine and just our way with each other in the world and it became him and I. And I think I've done a much better job at including Mark <laughs> since I had the first baby. Yeah. But but just it was so new to me and so exciting and it was just like me and this little person yes. and I was so in love and, um, And I probably didn't, I probably didn't consider how to fold Mark into that as much as I probably should have and it can be kind of isolating I think for Mm -hmm. your partner if you're the one that's given birth and you're establishing a routine with the baby and you're learning how to meet their needs and you're breastfeeding and you have this um, relationship this new relationship and it's that same thing with the butterflies and the hormones are flowing and there's all this oxytocin and sometimes it's really challenging in the postpartum period Mm -hmm. that you're just trying to survive there's very little room to meet the needs of your partner. Um, and I think what I've noticed in my relationship with Mark is that there is a tendency from my side to um, prioritize my kids and to focus on meeting their needs first and making sure they're okay and what's their schedule. And then second, I'll check in with Mark. What does he need? How are we doing together? Um, Are there ways that we can take out time for each other? And then last, very last, would be my own self-needs. So um, we always say in our book the Zen, Mother, the Zen Mama's Guide to Finding Your Rhythm Through Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond, um, that you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. So as I've gotten older, I've realized that my priorities probably were out of order <laughs> and I should have tended to self as though I'm the trunk of the tree and mm. the children and the branches. Um and my, my relationship first and foremost, but it certainly um, was out of order for yeah. a really long time. And I mm-hmm. would say only now, now that my fourth child is a year and a half, mm-hmm. I'm starting to think about ways in which I can prioritize my relationship with my man, mm-hmm. my relationship to self. And um, yeah, that's really been my journey. And I'm the first person to put up my hand and say, I wouldn't look to me as like (laughs) the the example here because I um, didn't do, I didn't nurture that relationship enough. And luckily Mark is so loving and understanding and patient and um, he didn't ask for much but I could see that he would have these wobbles in our relationship like what about me? What about us? And um, I'm so laser focused on the kids that oftentimes I would neglect his needs. What about you? I feel like you're maybe better in the balance area with your relationship than I have been. Well, I just think
1: that you brought up a couple of really great points because, um, first of all, I think it's something that all of us go through in some capacity because it is so different when you're bringing a new um you know, human into the circle. I remember laying in bed with Eric when I was pregnant. I remember laying there, we were like, you know, gonna fall asleep at night. And I was looking at him and I was like, Oh my gosh, can you just imagine like in a matter of months, like we're gonna have this little baby in bed with us, like right between us, you know, right here. And I remember looking at him, we were both just like giddy, thinking about it. And what I never really thought about is like, how will it change our relationship or like, will it, you know, will that ever feel different? And I didn't really think about that. I just like, you know, for me, I was so focused on baby as well. And, you know, this pregnancy and then all the things I was trying to do to like make my, you know, have myself like have a, the, a clean pregnancy, with like clean products and like, you know, as chemical free as possible and eating the organic foods and doing the walking and like all the things. Um, But, you know, in postpartum, I had this amazing postpartum doula. Her name is Janet. She asked me a question that really, really stuck with me because she was like, um, I don't remember how many weeks postpartum I was with Wyatt, but I remember feeling all the feelings of like, you know, new motherhood navigating, like all the breastfeeding stuff, like trying to get him to sleep. He had a witching hour. There was like, you know, a lot of sweats, like a lot of sweating and body odor that I felt like I was, you know, exuding. Like, I just felt kind of (laughs) yucky a lot of the time. You know, I just felt like I always felt like I needed a shower. Um, I was like, gosh, if I could, have taken like four showers a day it would have been great because I just the moment that I was you know clean and then nursing the baby then my left breast would like leak all over my shirt and then he would poop and I'd get some of it on me and I'd just be like oh here I am gross <laughs> again you know and so it's really hard to feel sexy and connected to your sexuality and all of those feelings when you're covered in baby poop and milk and like all this stuff and you're having and baby. a baby. Really, Oh, yeah. Like and breastfeeding. Exactly. But I'm yark. I actually right now I can smell myself and I have it. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I can smell it. It's been a long day, you guys. Um, it's been a long day. So but anyway, so like, you know, that connection in postpartum to, um, oh, right, you know, like, I'm still a, a woman. And there's like, you know, that partnership and like, we're, you know, you want to be intimate with your partner. um, But sometimes it's hard to feel that way right after you have a baby or even months after you have a baby or a year after you're having a baby. Right. So um, my postpartum doula somewhere in the first like three to four to five months or something um, of having Wyatt, she was like, so how are you and Eric doing? Like, have you had any time with, you know, with each other? And I was just like, oh, yeah, we're good. I mean, we're both tired and, you know, whatever. And so she was like, um, I I was sort of like we were talking about more intimacy and she was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, oh, gosh, you know, like I'm like feeling like there's a lot going on down there. And she's like, oh, well, there's lots of different yeah. ways to connect and have sex and have this intimacy and, you know, everything. And I was just mm-hmm. kind of like. Oh yeah, of course there is. It it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be the same same, how it was, right? Or just like in that time frame of how I'm feeling, like oh, I feel gross, or I feel you know sweaty, or I feel whatever. Like there's also this moment of having um, you know time alone with him to like have a meal or being able to connect with him and massage, massage. Let yourself explore all those options, right? In your head, I'm not gonna say them all out loud, (laughs) and.
0: she'll start going a little crimson you'll i know i'm sweating already okay um <laughs> so anyway but i
1: appreciated her asking that question because her and i were very close and you know she'd helped me through so much and i appreciated her checking in with me on like how are you feeling how's your relationship like do you feel like you know and so um there's this amazing video that's going around right now of this woman. Tez, I feel like maybe you sent it to me or maybe some maybe Anna sent it to me. But um this woman who's like talking about their first postpartum checkup. Did you see this? Um Oh, you sent it to uh, me. Oh, okay, I sent it to you. Yeah. So someone sent it to me. But you but you guys, I'll we'll have to like repost it or find it or something because it's really funny. So the girl like goes into her first postpartum checkup and her doctor's like oh how are you doing and you know and it's like her sitting there like holding the baby and she was just like yeah I'm good and then you know and then her brain is like it's her is her brain and her brain's like that's a lie you know and it's just like to me it's (laughs) like so funny she goes through like all you know what are you gonna do for contraception and she's like what 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 you're gonna like you know her vagina now it's like sitting there and and she's her vagina and there's all these band-aids on her face and she's like wait nothing is coming anywhere near here is there <laughs> you know <laughs> and anyway it just made me laugh so hard because I just remember in those like first six weeks first few months where I just felt like really vulnerable and like all of that area like everything felt like I was like it was kind of afraid and that was something that we talked about in one of our first mommy and me classes was like that
0: first time you have sex again intercourse oh right and it feels like it, it's so, especially if you're a woman and you tear yes. during your birth. Right. I tore mm. with my first baby yes. and that first time going back, I was like, Mark, pretend <laughs> I am a virgin and literally please yes. just, And it's about communication yes, with your partner. Yes, like, totally. Just be like so gentle, so soft, like really create that that environment with your partner where you can just talk about and be like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit nervous and I'm a bit – it's still sore and it's – I don't know what this is like after having mm. had a baby. Yes. um And I just kept being like, okay, I – just treat me like I'm a virginal princess and I just like everything's <laughs> oh, very are delicate we role-playing. And- <laughs> or- <laughs> are we? Well, look, we do uh, enjoy a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um I'm the open book here. Yes, Sarah, that's true. That's true. I love oh, it. I love goodness. it. Lay it on
1: us. Spring is here and school is coming to a close and life could not be crazier. Um, So one of the things that has helped our family so much on those super packed weekends and weekdays with sports and school and all the things has been Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portion and prep quality whole foods. Green Chef sends organic fresh produce, responsibly sourced protein, and chef designed recipes in every box. And for our family, we have two people who are gluten free. So it's been amazing picking out these like gluten free recipes with the kids. You can find clean meals to suit your lifestyle with preferences like Mediterranean, plant based, gluten free, protein packed, keto, calorie smart and gut health. My kids love following along with the Green Chef recipes, pulling them out of the box, looking at the pictures, putting everything together. They put on their little aprons and we do it as a family. It's so fast. It saved us so much time. And it's been something really fun to do together and teach the kids new recipes. You guys can go to greenchef.com slash motherdays50 and use code days 50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Go to greenchef.com slash motherdays50 and use code days 50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Okay, guys, check out Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well.
0: All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mummers, and all we do is crave a spa day, and we deserve it. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring OSEA's signature, uplifting, all-natural citrusy scent. All right, as you guys know, we are we are busy mums, we are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-to's to alleviate some of the chaos. Nerd wallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back
1: you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today
0: that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cash back credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? Uh, a silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare
1: and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. But I remember that there was this like moment somewhere in the first, I feel like it was the first year or something with Eric and he was so like, you know, wonderful in his communication. And for me, I was so focused on baby and nursing and like schedule and just like all the things with Wyatt that I wasn't really focused on. And I I was the same, like I wasn't focused on our relationship, our intimacy, like any of that stuff. I was really like Mm -hmm. trying to get my bearings with being a new mom. And I hear that a lot from other mothers. Like when we're in the mommy and me circle When I was in all those classes, all of us were sitting there and I remember that one mom goes, don't forget about your partner. You know, she was like a second or third time mom in this mommy and me class. And she was like, don't forget about your partner and all of this. Like, you know, like go like have that time with your partner, reconnect with your partner in that way. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of we were all kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, But I remember (laughs) at one point (laughs) because really you're so wound up like your brain is so focused on baby and nursing and like feeding and schedule I doing and it it's right? just like am I doing yeah. it right and you know all those things and leaking and just all the things and I remember there was this one moment when Eric came to me and we were kind of like you know talking about us and just like the relationship we we're having just a really great wonderful conversation and he was like asking me about my Need, like, is there anything that you need for me? And how can I support? And like all of this stuff. I was like, you know, I feel like I've been so wrapped up in all of this. Like I'm not connected. Th- there's like mm-hmm. a disconnect with this intimate sexual side of me right now. And I was like, I want to find my way back to that. But like you having this conversation with me, talking about intimacy, talking about us, like he brought it to the table in such a beautiful mm-hmm. way. And I remember sitting there going like, oh, right. Like I haven't tapped into any of that right now. Like it's just been out of my brain. And so then all of a sudden I was like allowing myself to separate myself from being just mommy to the baby. Mm -hmm. And then also I was going back to like, oh, but wait, I'm like a partner in a marriage with a man who's like, super hot and loving and wonderful and communicative. And like, I want to connect with him again in that way. Um, And those two things can exist at the same time. I carried that into my second pregnancy and then into my third so that I was able to like, allow myself to, you know, be the mommy that I wanted to be, but also show up and be the the partner that I wanted to be for both of us because orgasms are important. And (laughs) like, it's scientifically proven. And to have that time and that connection and that intimacy with your partner is so amazing. And um, I wasn't nurturing that either. And so, and he brought it to the table in such a great open way of just asking me how I was feeling and, and all mm-hmm. of this. And I was like, I feel sweaty and leaky and yucky and all these things. And he was like, but you're not,
0: God, you're amazing and blah, blah, blah. You know, a lot of partners, um, especially when I'm talking to my girlfriends and most of them have male partners, I was saying, they're really it's hard to like crack open the communication and like get there on a deeper level. And I had a girlfriend who was like not having sex with my man, he is taking that as rejection. Mm. He is taking it on as, oh, she's not attracted to me anymore. She doesn't want to be with me anymore. And so that's why what you're saying is so key that even if you're with a person who is not, doesn't go there communication-wise sometimes. You need to try and find your own version of communicating that to them. Hey, just so you know, this has got nothing to do with you. You're so hot. I love you. You're gorgeous. Like I'm so attracted to you. I am feeling touched out. Mm -hmm. I am feeling like I constantly have a baby on me, a child on me. I'm doing things. I'm meeting everyone else's needs. At the end of the day, the last thing I feel like doing is having someone else come into my intimate space and touch me. So this is how I'm feeling right now. And I am figuring out the ways to get myself back to a place where I want to rekindle that physicality with you. But having the conversation with your partner is so so key rather than just getting further and further away from each other intimacy wise and physically, because all of a sudden it'll be a year and you haven't been physical or intimate with each other. And, um, and you all like each person in partnership, you know, you're two different people and you're trying to be in partnership together and you've all got different ways of being in the world and how you relate and how you communicate. And, you will have created your own narrative about the reason why your partner isn't being intimate mm. with you and vice versa. Such a good point. Yes. And it's and they'll make up their own like, oh, it's because A, B, C, and D. So yes. if you fail to talk about it, that separation is going to get further and further and further apart. Mm-hmm. So talking about it is key, even if it feels uncomfortable, even yeah. if you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed that this is how I'm feeling. And totally. I just like. I'm not feeling sexy. And there are ways that you can rekindle it. I am going to go out there and speak to so many other women who I know are in the same situation as I. Last year, I was, uh, you know, I I actually gave birth, was 2022 last year? Yes, it yeah. was. Um, so I had a baby and Mark and I were not physical. We were not intimate with each other. I'd say, on rare occasions were we like every six weeks. Let's say, or or once every two months. Mm. And then every time we were intimate, we would be like, oh, that was amazing. I feel so close to you. That was incredible. Like, what a beautiful rebirth and a reconnection. And, and then we would fall back into the routine mm. of being with the kids, like finally like flopping into bed at 8:30 yes. when everything was done. And or like finishing the housework until nine. And then you're so tired that yeah. you're falling asleep. And we weren't finding those moments to be together. Mm. And I know we We are not the only couples out there because I also speak to my friends and I have some friends who haven't had sex in a year with their partners. And then I have other friends who have really committed to making it a priority in their relationship and they do it three times a week. And so for me, I was like, Mark and I talked about it and we're like, what is our ideal? Okay, three times a week sounds really good to me. Three times a week is great. Like what can we do to spice things up and be a little bit more spontaneous mm-hmm. with our intercourse? Because so often there are little people in our bed or there we live with my mom as well, so then we have to get creative. And um, we have had, we've actually found fun in finding those moments (laughs) to be together again. But you also can just have the same sort of routine that you had before kids too. You can find ways of breathing life back into your sexuality, but it definitely begins with talking about it, yeah. saying, This is what I want. I see how far away we are from this. Like, let's find our way back to each other.
1: It's also a good opportunity too to like talk about, you know, the things that turn you on. Like, and that could mm-hmm. be really different. Um, now that you're a mom and like the same thing that maybe really got you going when you were like, you know, twenty five might be different when you're 35, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. um, it's a good opportunity to sort of like reach in, tap in and go like, okay, what what's the thing that really spices it up for me or like gets me going. Spicing it up doesn't have to be like, oh now I'm gonna throw on an outfit and like put on the mu- the sassy music and like go for it. It can count the vibe, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It could be so many different things, like things that are relaxing for you or like get your head into a different space. And yeah, we live in a very small house with a lot of children and,
0: and, and a nanny that lives with you yeah, throughout so the week. Exactly. Mortifying, Sarah. How do you, where do you go? Do you go where you're recording right now? <laughs> Sonia is listening to this podcast right now. Sonia, I love you. Sonia. <laughs> We love um, you, sons. So maybe I'll buy Sonia some earplugs. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> no,
1: but you know, I think that is part of fun, is like figuring out the time that makes the most sense for um when the house is empty. Yeah, for us. Like what you know, is it that you're popping on a movie for the kids like go watch a movie for a little <laughs> yeah. bit
0: and you're like mm, okay, I'm gonna go do this, this oh, and this. Oh my gosh. I saw something recently where people were like, oh, it's so bad to have sex when your children are in the room. I was like, but what about when you co-sleep and your baby is fast asleep? Can you not just be over on the other side of the bed with your person really quietly? (laughs) I've definitely done that. And I was like, people are like, oh my God, that's so foul. And I was like, wait, what? They're dead to the world. They have no idea. They're not near you. You don't touch. Them, they're away
1: from you. And if a baby's totally asleep and like they wouldn't know what's going on anyway, right?
0: So, exactly, I'm like, they're dead to like they're in dreamland, dreaming about whatever they're dreaming about. (laughs) If this is the only place you can do it, cool, that's fine. But oh my goodness. Um, okay, I wanted to bring up a book that I love, love, love. Yes, and for any listeners out there, um, you've got to check it out. It's called Fair Play by Eve Rodsky. And Sarah and I have actually interviewed her before and we've talked about her book. And um, it's very cool. It's such a great concept. So it's about sharing the mental load and the physical load Mm -hmm. of parenthood. Um, So she has this, this great card game Mm -hmm. so each card has something on it like folding laundry and like feeding the pets and then another card will be like doing the dishes and another one will be making the bed and so it's a bunch of domestic duties Mm -hmm. and it basically it eliminates um Any of those internal frustrations that you have with your partner where it's like, I'm doing way more around the house and you're doing less. And one of the things that we know about partners is oftentimes they talk about how we nag them. Like, could you please do the dishes? You didn't take out the trash. Like, why didn't you fold up the laundry? Like, please put the whatever it is. I hear it time and time again, how like partners are always saying, oh my gosh, my other half is nagging me to do chores around the house. So this eliminates that conversation because you get to take responsibility. You take the cards that you are in charge of in your household. And I really loved the actual physical representation of the jobs, seeing (laughs) the names of them on the cards. And you can see how long your pile is and how like smaller your partner's bath is and it was a great way so Mark and I did it together and it was a great way to see like oh these are all the things I take care of including like bathing the children and you know you he my husband is the chef of the house so I do the baking and he does the cooking but I bake you know once a week yeah he cooks he does all the cooking mm-hmm. he loves it he's very passionate about it So a lot of the cards were to do with cooking, which is great. So we are able to find more of an even balance Mm. domestically between the two of us so that I'm not always having to pull him up on things, which I found I was doing for a long time.
1: Yeah that book is amazing. Eve is amazing. And we did, um, we did a talk with her, I think during the pandemic when, um, her book was coming out and, um, and you know, just her shedding light. And I still follow, um, her Instagram and fair play and all of that. Um, and they have so many great posts all the time about sharing responsibilities and, um, it's done in such a way, um, through that book and game and everything that, that it's, just like bringing up the conversation and sort of showing both sides like this is what we're carrying like this is what you're carrying this is what I'm carrying and how can we like continue on together and and you know divvy up these
0: responsibilities and it's that domestic rebalance so that we can feel as a primary parent that we can reclaim that time for ourselves mm-hmm. it's um it is a narrative that think I hear in every family dynamic mm. there's always like the person who's like "Oof, I feel like I'm juggling it all right um I'm really curious Sarah yeah who talked to me about how you handle like domestic duties in your home what is Eric like what is his go-to thing what are your go-to things how do you like balance that so
1: Eric has always been um a very tidy person and everybody that knows us he knows is. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um he's also like a major go-getter. So he's like always um he's always sort of moving and he made this joke one time we were like interviewed on E! or Entertainment Tonight or something like that but he was making this joke and he was for Valentine's Day he was making this joke about how I always give him a hard time for how much he vacuums and I was like this is not <laughs> something that you should be sharing with people that it wasn't about me giving him a hard time about the vacuum it was more like sometimes I just wanted him to like be still for a moment still just be yeah. still in one place so we could be together I so appreciate the m- a million things that he does and I tell him all the time thank you thank you for you know he's like the first one to unload the dishwasher in the morning or he's like you know running Ugh. to like throw in the load of laundry or like you know take the garbage out and replace the bags there and are like, women all like, over the world I know. being like swoon I know. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> I know I'm like oh my god but I would say that one of the things that I sort of struggled with that has nothing to do with him, but only to do with the way that I was kind of brought up in the mentality in the like higher in the household. Um, is that ever since I was like able to work, I've been working and hustling to like make money. And it's we mm-hmm. struggled for a long time as um, you know, a family. My parents were living paycheck to paycheck my whole childhood. And um I remember being always afraid of like I don't want everyone to be in debt. Um, so I was like terrified ever get a credit card and um Mm -hmm. i wanted to pay everything off like the moment that you know the bill came in and so i had this thing when we eric and i got together like we were um sort of like you know blending our household together. And when we started having children, then I was working less and he's working more. And so I had this thing where I put like worth and value on bringing finances to the table. Um, Mm -hmm. And he never did. He was like, you, what you're doing is so amazing And being there for our children and like, you know, birthing these babies and like, you know, during nurturing them and and having this pregnancy. And yes, so he was always like, you know, don't feel like you have to rush out and just take like any job that comes along in, you know, with like acting or whatever. But inside of me, I always had this thing where it was like he, you know, and he told me this a couple of times, like, I feel like you have this like self-worth attached to making money. And I mm-hmm. think that there's something to do with, like, how my mom was the breadwinner in our family and, like, she was yes. constantly working and, you know, that seeing that drive with her um, constant in my childhood. It was a conditioning. It was a conditioning. And so I was mm-hmm. always like... But wait, I have to make money. I have to bring it in. I have to add to the pot. And, you know, and he's just like, where is this concept coming from? Like, it's it's okay, (laughs) you know, and it was very supportive and beautiful the way that he would uh, from day one in our relationship. He was always like that. And it honestly has taken me so many years. You guys, I'm we've been together for 17 years. And I think over the last two years that I've been sitting in this time of like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely more connecting more to like the spiritual side of myself, connecting Mm -hmm. more to like myself at my core, doing more meditation and taking more time to like sit, you know, and, and really do my gratitude list. And in all of this, I'm finally understanding that my worth is not attached to how much money I'm bringing in. It's like the value that I'm bringing to our family as being this, you know, this mom to these children, the projects that I work on because I'm passionate about them um, are amazing. And they're adding to the pot in this beautiful, amazing way. But um, I hope I'm making this
0: point. I hope this makes sense, this point it that I'm trying so to make. It is so great. And I love that you're saying that. Okay. Because I feel like there's going to be so many people listening being like, me too. My husband's been
1: working on the same show for the last 14 years. And um, it's amazing. And it's been a dream to, have, to be in LA, to be together and be able to do this. Um, and he's been so supportive of me in every endeavor that I've wanted to like, you know, "Ah, I think I, maybe I want to write a book or I want to do this or whatever it is. Um, he's been so supportive. It's only been me that's been like, but, but it's not, I'm not bringing any money in or I'm not able to contribute to this or I'm not able to do A, B, C and D. And so now recently in the last couple of years, I'm like, wait. (laughs) what am I talking about? Like the what I have brought to our family, what I've been able to bring for for myself, for our kids, like the value that I've been able to add just by being able to be here. And so I needed to disconnect this like idea in my brain of what my self-worth is tied to and eric Mm -hmm. is the one who was the first one that brought it up to me and i was like no no that's not it that's not not. surely (laughs) not truly not and then i was like wait he's right he's so right many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care
0: There are so many things like that from our childhood, like these yes. leftover little mm-hmm. nuggets of things that you're like, where does that come from? Where's that feeling stemmed from? Yeah. I, Because I, I always um, think of it like this, like you wouldn't, look at me as a primary parent or one of your other friends as a primary parent and be like, oh, well, they're not doing enough. But we do it to ourselves. Yes, we do. We always do it to ourselves. But then we put everyone else around us in these shining lights. Uh Oh my gosh, what an amazing mom. And They're doing so much. And wow, like their home life is so like rich and beautiful and fruitful. Uh But then like you turn it back on yourself and like, I could be doing more, or I could be doing this, or I wish I were. Oh, you know, it's just that negative, that self critical voice. And it comes, it so often comes from conditioning. I look back and I'm like, I have this certain way of being because my stepmom was so incredibly successful financially and as a businesswoman. And uh, my dad was successful, is still successful. And they really set themselves up. And I would they would be the first people I would call whenever I got a big opportunity Mm -hmm. and I would tell them how much money I was making. Yeah. Then they'll be proud of me because because I'm making money. And I've I always had this narrative in my head that, oh my gosh, my parents will be proud if I'm successful, if I'm making money and I'm, you know, doing these things and living my dreams. And but um I've noticed uh, since I've had children, I was always like, oh, I would be nervous to tell them that I was pregnant because <laughs> in my head as business people, I'd be like, oh no, my parents are going to be so disappointed that I'm not just working. And the joy that they get from my grandchild from their grandchildren, my children, is so I see it it's so palpable I see it in their face and I see it the way they light them up and my dad actually said to me which I never thought I would hear from my dad but he said to me about six years ago he's like well really happiness is the new money and I was like dad what and he was like well it's just about being happy and you know, and for my dad, it was like bird watching and, you know, being with <laughs> these little animals and Aww. and he, I can see that he's so proud of me as a mother mm. and I see he gets, and my dad gets really teary easy and mm. it's so meaningful to me because it, he's like a self-proclaimed stoic. So he wouldn't <laughs> generally like feel a lot of big emotions, like good or bad, like yeah. growing up. And like recently he's getting older and sort of softer and I'm seeing these like feelings coming out of him and he gets teary-eyed looking at the kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's really proud of the fact that I'm a good mom, and I don't have to just sit here and talk about business with him. Like he's really values this. Mm. But it's like relearning, isn't it, for ourselves because we're relearning these lessons yeah. that subconsciously we like are ingrained in us because we saw our parents be a certain way and we think oh we've got to follow suit um and it is is one of the great um things about life is just like we get older and we evolve and we can yes. look at our patterns and figure out where they come from and generally it stemmed to some sort of experience we had from 0 to 17 yeah um and i love that and then it, obviously it manifests itself Uh, in our relationships too. And the way that we are in partnership and in relationship oftentimes has to do with like how we saw our parents in relationship and, you know, what their experience was and what that dynamic was. There's these little imprints on us that we don't necessarily notice until they come out in different ways and we're like oh whoa that's that's interesting that I behave in that way Mm -hmm. um so yeah I really I love that you shared that Sarah because I recognize I've recognized that in you before I'm like you, mo- you are the greatest mother in all the land in my eyes. Um, but I know that you have this critical voice of like, what can I be doing? Like, what more can I be doing? Yeah. But you're in such a beautiful place of like self-reflection that you're like, actually I'm doing so much. I mean, I think it's
1: like in, you know, I, I didn't spend, a, I grew up in a very religious household and, um, you know, I I think I, for some time in my like teens, after being in this very religious household, I sort of flipped the other side of things, where I was like, "I'm not going to church, and I'm not gonna," you know. Yes, I believe in God, but I'm like, there's this, there, there was this like, you know, one eighty that I'm doing, that I was doing, you know, where it was just such a, um, Southern Baptist religion, and it was just very and very absolutism religion, and, um, and I struggled with some of the like things that you know would that they didn't believe in, like homosexuality and, you know, things like that. So um, I had a really hard time with that. And so I went the other way. And then I sort of found myself trying to navigate back to a place of like, having my own like spiritual relationship with God and, you know, being able to like have this connection of course I believe in God and I believe in the universe and my team of light and like my guardian angels and all of these things and so how do I find this time for this connection and it's only been in the last couple of years that I've really started to sit in it and it's in these moments of like journaling or meditating or like being really 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 present and asking and talking to myself and my needs and all those things that I have been able to discover some of these things and not just be like so so busy all the time I was Mm -hmm. busy I'm doing this I'm doing that and not paying attention to like why are these things coming up for me why am I doing this this a b c and d I mean this could be a very long conversation but what I'm getting at is that in those times of like you know reflection those like 10 minute journaling times or whatever it is I've been able to discover things. And one of the things I've been able to discover is this element of like what I was tying my work to and my self-worth to and it bringing Mm -hmm. in like certain funds because I was always so afraid to like run out of money and not be able to pay a bill. And then I was going to be in credit card debt. Like that was just like a scariest, the scariest thing for me. And when I was in partnership with Eric, like I I really didn't have to. think about or worry about that stuff like we were together and our finances are together and we're like navigating this life together and yet it was still like this driving engine under me where I'm like okay Mm. now I got to make x amount or whatever it is and so um yeah it's it's it is interesting when you're able to have a moment to like have those reflective times where I've listened to people like you and some of our friends who, you know, you're in this like spiritual mom's group for a long time. And when you talk to me about all this like self-reflection and going back, I was always like, yeah, that sounds really nice. Like I've never done that. I need to to do that that? (laughs) to like sit in it. Yeah, exactly. And then you
0: could do a specific meditation on healing the Mm -hmm. uh, financial wound. So, and, I mean, to go even more esoteric, there could potentially be a blockage. So yeah. that could, there could be a blockage to unlocking more financial abundance because you haven't healed the wound surrounding finances. Because there's a lot
1: of fear and, tied to
0: that. Yes, yeah. which could in turn be stopping you from opening up and receiving financial abundance. Yeah. So I talk to Mark about this a lot too because he had some trauma surrounding finances because he grew up in such an impoverished neighborhood and he had a very complicated relationship with money. Mm -hmm. And um, so he did a lot of healing the wound surrounding money. Yeah. And I'm noticing that things are cracking open for him in a way where he's receiving more than he generally does. Mm. So... And, but it took meditation. So yeah. it's had him sitting in it and like going back into the uncomfortable feeling of it and the fear of it and sort of massaging it and allowing it to be there and not judging the feeling. And I do that with success. I'm like, I think about success mm. and what that means, a definition of success and right. like what my dad would think is successful. And yes. I will sit in a place of meditation and be like, Oh wow, being a great mom and showing up and being there for the kids and being present like that's such success. Yes. So for anyone listening out there, you're all successful. You're yeah. all amazing. Um keep going you guys because um you're all doing such a wonderful job and I think at the end of the day whenever I boil it down in terms of being in a relationship, it is about um vulnerability, being truly revealing. And intimate with your partner um, self-love and y- you can't pour from an empty cup yeah so and having these conversations yeah. about communicating communicating
1: with your partner about all this stuff even the stuff that feels kind of like this is a little embarrassing or is a little whatever when you bring this mm. stuff up with your partner it's amazing how quickly those like and nervous as like anxious nervous feelings of whatever that is kind of melt away and we make dissipate. things yeah we make things so much bigger in our heads than what they are in reality when we're sort of like stewing over something um sometimes it also really helps to like write things down first and then sort of see like okay you know are some of these like really big emotions that i'm having and um if i you know write them down like how does that make me feel and now can i talk about it a little bit more um. clearly you know like I think I learned this one wonderful thing from my dad when I was a teenager is he and I really struggled on how to communicate because I had very different views on the world than he did and he started writing me letters and slipping them under my door and then I would mm-hmm. read his letter and I'd be like oh okay okay this makes sense where he's coming from now he needs to see where I'm coming from so then I would write him a letter back I'd slip it under his door it's not that we couldn't communicate face to face but we were both like so emotional that it really escalated and neither of us felt heard. And so it was actually great that my dad started this like writing journey with me. I wish I had saved all of our letters, Um, but it was a really nice way for me to understand like, Writing down my feelings sometimes helped me to release and let go and then be able to communicate more clearly. Um, so maybe mm. if any of you out there have things, yeah, struggled in that communication, sometimes like maybe it,
0: it would help to write things down. Yeah, and it can help you find more clarity I think when you put it out because in conversation, in the middle of an argument and if you're like, you're feeling feelings, you can be quite like me, I can get fiery in uh, arguments with my partner. And I feel like if I take a breath, if I take some space, yeah. if I, I've i got a journal that if I went back and read it, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, my God, Teresa. <laughs> um, I've got a journal that I will write down when I'm angry at Mark. Yeah. I write down all these big feelings that I'm having and sometimes they just dissipate and I feel like I have more clarity on okay what's the what root? is the real thing yeah. what is the real reason why I'm feeling this way yes. and I've got all the sort of nasty stuff the like yeah stuff that doesn't need to be shared in an argument which can make it escalate yeah um and um Yeah. So I found that really good and I call it, we call it scripting. Um, I think I had a therapist say that right before bed, you can do some scripting Mm. just to get the stuff out of your body before you go to sleep. Um, and it, it does really work wonders when you're in relationship. Yeah. All right, guys, what a lovely episode, Sarah. (laughs) Um, Well, I was just going to say thank you, Daisies,
1: for bringing this topic to the table because, um, you know, these topics that we've discussed today were some that when we sent out the message, I have to say, we sent out this message like, hey, we're recording an episode. What are some topics? And we got so many responses (laughs) so we definitely have ideas for the next few solo episodes so if this was not one of the things that you wrote to us guys don't worry we have them all and we definitely are going to cover the topics that you asked about there were some fantastic ones and um but this one uh teresa suggested that we hit on and it's really great because i think it's stuff that you know even 17 years later in a relationship or like three kids later for me four kids later for Teresa, it's stuff that we're still navigating, and um, Mm. and we've definitely figured out how to navigate a little differently than when we first started having children, and I think it's really, yeah, it's really been. Helpful after that first time around. Like I was able to, you know, Hillary Duff said this in her episode. I think it was Hillary, Um, but getting back to yourself a little bit quicker with the second baby or the third baby, um, I was able to find my way back to me as a part, apart from being a mom, a little bit quicker the second time around. But maybe if I had known, maybe if I had known about this part of it, I would have woken up to like, oh, yeah, right. Um, So anyway, thank you, Daisies. We love you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.